This is the Dash Podcast, and I'm your host, Trey Gamage. You're now listening to a special series of flashback episodes. You have heard, or now you know, that we're in the middle of promoting Every Decision Counts, eight lessons I wish they taught me in school. And as you'll hear over the next few weeks, each lesson was inspired by an episode of the Dash Podcast. So what I wanted to do is take those old episodes, episode 2, 3, 9, 12. I wanted to take those and just reintroduce them to you so you can understand some of the foundations of this book. I wanted you to get the perspective of the entirety of Every Decision Counts and understand where some of the inspiration from this book comes from. These episodes are still in their original format, so it has the same introduction, the same interview. I just wanted to do a little introduction for you here. So I hope you enjoyed this flashback episode. And as always, I want to know and hear your comments and feedback. So leave a comment when you're done, share it with your friends, and help talk to us about why every decision counts. Welcome to The Dash. This is episode 20, Failing Got Me Started. I'm your host, Trey Gamage, and joining me today is James Turner. He's a Microsoft account executive for Bing Ads. He owns a real estate company called I Got Rehabs and has had multiple entrepreneurial endeavors over more than 10 years. I'm excited to talk to James because he talks about how his first business, a company with his cousins, fam, was started and ran, but ultimately became a failure. And that failure is what drove James to where he is today. People will look for their passion and neglect their current responsibilities. That's something you just can't do. Stay tuned for this episode and find the show notes at TreyGamers.com. Keep in mind that Shift Community is coming up on May 20th. That's at the Butler Heritage Community Center Auditorium. Find that in Hartsville, South Carolina. Again, for more information, go to TreyGamers.com slash events or go to TreyGamers.com on Facebook. Hope you listen to the episode, like it, share it with your friends, and let me know exactly what it is you think. This is The Dash. So the the trend that I'm seeing, basically, is that everybody is starting to really live in their purpose and their passion, and they're starting to find what makes their gears tick and grind. You, sir, have, when when did you start your first business? Wow, I mean, I was young. I was, I think the first business I can really think of that I guess you can quantify as a business was in high school, kind of early on, I... I started a, a business with my cousins uh, called uh, Fashions and More because we were all family, and that was our acronym, F-A-M. And it was kind of funny because we actually, we all had afros, so it was three <laughs> black figures with afros as like our logo. Uh, but that was my first business I started, and I mean, it taught me a lot. And so that was more than 10 years ago now, right? Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, almost 10 years ago now. So, so you're an expert in the business world. And so where did your, first of all, where did that drive start? You know, from there, 
we'll we'll continue on to some of the countless businesses that you've had. But from from that first one, fam, what drive drove you from there to the le- place that you're at now with I Got Rehabs? I think the biggest thing is that when I I got a taste of entrepreneurship from my family. My parents, they had an alarm company called Alarms by Turner, and I grew up seeing that. Uh, mm. My grandfather was a pastor. My uncle, he got you know Davidson business machines back in the day, and wow. he would always talk about that. So I always wanted to do something for myself, and getting with my cousins made the perfect sense to do it. But from there, I got the bug mm. because... The, the business that we ran was an import business from China. So I learned so much about importing goods, selling it in the local high school. Um, wow. But then it got so popular that we actually got kicked out of the high school. So we <laughs> lost our distribution channel. We lost our retail store. Right. And we were still young. So when I don't have a store now to actually sell my product out of, I go out of business. Mm. And I started to work at Radio Shack. And that was a that was a very different experience, but now I was used to getting money. Okay. So I could not work Okay. Uh, because I needed to get money, and I wanted to quickly get to something different. And um, I found my next business um, a couple years later when I got to Purdue, um, and that business kind of catapulted me to where I am today um, at Microsoft with I Got Rehabs. Mm. Now, what lessons, because you mentioned a great point there, and that's that's the point I want to stick on, is, is you talked about kind of failing, essentially. If you you know take away the story, it's the business failed, essentially. It didn't work. Fam didn't work. But that gave you a bug. What, what makes you so excited to fail? With, entrepreneurship is scary. It is definitely scary. And the thing that I learned from Fam in the early days is that Number one, the business we started wasn't even where we made our most money from. Mm. Um, We were importing clothes from China, but we made our most money by partnering with our Chinese suppliers and providing them a financial service. Mm. And that was based off questions and problem solving that we had for our manufacturer. Okay. And that's where that idea came from. So, like, all in all, our fam, our fashion business, that never really succeeded. Mm. But it got us to a point to have a conversation about what could succeed. Right. And that showed me that at the end of the day, failing is just getting you one step closer to the thing that will work. And even as I think about some of my other businesses that I've started with uh, DGT Presents, um, with the same group that kind of started fam, um, that was a branding company, and I learned so much about branding, marketing, um, campaigns, execs, campaigns in the political space, and especially for small businesses. Right. And that gave me the opportunity to manage accounts and get the opportunity that I have at Microsoft today. Hmm. What What would you say is your biggest failure? What's the What's the biggest I'm going for it and I didn't make it that that you've had to this point? My biggest failure, I would have to say right now is probably affiliate marketing. So I've, I've invested in some affiliate marketing courses probably to the tune of five, ten thousand dollars $10,000. Wow. And I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I, I, I initially invested like a long time ago, probably like seven years ago. Wow. And I didn't figure it out. And I just reinvested not too long ago in another course uh, because I want to figure it out. And the crazy thing that I'm learning right now about affiliate marketing 
is that a lot of the concepts in affiliate marketing, I'm actually starting to apply um, in I Got Rehabs, my, mm. um, my real estate business. Right. And I'm actually starting to see results in my real estate business from the concepts, even though I'm not successful, like being an affiliate. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, I guess it's, it's a lesson in that too, just taking you know those failures. You may fail on one side of right. your life or one aspect of what you're doing, but those lessons you learn, if you apply that to something that is working or something that you're progressing on, um, you can easily turn that thing around. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. One of my mentors, Terrence Moore, always says everything is the same. And so what I've learned, I haven't had as much of the hands-on business experience, but I've watched mm-hmm. my father be the politician and the judge and my brother be a part of some of those businesses with you and from afar. So I've kind of seen it from a back distance and kind of got my feel but I noticed from what I've seen with y'all and in my own life transitioning from football to study abroad to residence life to public speaking and, and so on and so forth the process to become that person is really right. what it's about so setting the goal yeah. isn't about that destination but your your journey becomes that destination to that person so it's you know affiliate marketing isn't so much what I hear, you know, from you in that failing, it's not so much what you're going to get when it happens, but it's the process of who you have to be to, to understand affiliate marketing and what that would do for you. Definitely. And then I think on a professional sense, like when I think about my professional career, I had a big failure, man. As soon as I got hired at Microsoft, I fell on my face. Mm. Um, I was away from home in St. Louis. Um, I had graduated from Purdue in retail management. And now I was a technical account manager responsible for some some of the largest customers at Microsoft um, and managing the process in which their techiest IT guys reached out <laughs> to Microsoft because they couldn't fix something. Wow. And I didn't know what I was doing. Wow. Um, but I had to talk with, you know, Fortune 500 companies and decipher <clears throat> what they what was wrong uh, with Microsoft's products and get the right engineer on the line. Mm. And I'm going to be honest with you, there were plenty of times to where, you know, a client would tell me, you know, this and that is wrong with their IT infrastructure. And I had no clue what they said after they got done saying it. Uh, it was a hard, long, I say, I think it was about a year and, and one month in that role. Uh, but that time really taught me how to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm, mm, that's and real. not knowing and learning um, to the point that I can be a productive member of the team. Wow. And then using my extra time, my extracurricular time, to try and figure out, okay, if I'm not passionate about this, what am I passionate about? Right. And actually going after that thing. That's... That's what I did. That's key right there, finding out what it is that you're passionate about. The awareness of that piece alone will, will push you forward. But that the passion, passion means to suffer, what you're yeah. willing to suffer for. That's the Latin root of the word. So, you know, you found a reason or, or a, a what to suffer for. And I heard Tony Robbins say the other day, I was listening to his tape. He said, if, you, if learning leads to knowledge, you did it wrong. Learning should lead to action. So... You know, by what you just said, you you go into a place, and even when someone tells you something like that, you you don't have to know the answer because you can find it. Learning that information about what what did this person say, let me go figure it out. That's how you progress and succeed. If you wait till you're ready, you never get there. And right, and I think the the biggest challenge that I see sometimes 
is that, you know, many people in that situation being frustrated, they will look for their passion, but then disregard their current responsibility. Mm. And that's something you can't do. Wow. Because had I, did, had I disregarded my current responsibility, I would have found myself in the unemployment line versus wow. getting a promotion into my passion. Right. So I think that's, you know, you got to be real careful about neglecting your current responsibilities mm. while you're trying to figure out what your passion is. Oof, that's a that's a gem right there. That's a good one, Travis. I appreciate I appreciate that for real. And with that, you know, mentors are important in life. And we've already Definitely. talked about mentors a little bit, but to to stay on track, to get to where you need to go, you have to have a mentor to keep you there. My my coach used to say you don't know what you don't know. Who helped you get to be James Turner? Um man, it was a lot of folks. When I think back to the example my grandfather as pastor set um, in terms of how to be, you know, just an overall good man. Um, when I look at my dad, and he was, he's the hardest working man I know, um, and he has a heart, um, and he'll do anything for anybody. But then, as I got older, I started to see mentors outside of my family. And one mentor of mine his name is Ted Jackson. He's actually probably most influential in terms of my career because there was a time when I was at I was at Purdue. Um, I was getting ready to graduate. It was probably three months before my graduation. I was happy I was graduating for four years, but I wasn't quite where I wanted to be. Uh, my best job prospect was to be a team lead at some retail store, being that I was in retail management. Right. And I just wasn't satisfied with that. I spent all this money at Purdue. Um, I went through the business opportunity program, which is an amazing program. It connected me to so many different people, including this guy named Ted Jackson. And it was okay. at the business opportunity programs conference right before my senior year that Ted came to speak on the life of a consultant. Mm. And that was the first real time that I started to see what that consultant life looked like. Okay. And for me, my biggest passion is helping people. Right. And that's all consultants do. And so after he presented, I kind of went up to him. I kind of told him my situation in terms of not being satisfied with where my job opportunities and prospects were. Mm -hmm. And he gave me the best advice that um, I ever got from somebody up until that point from a mentor's perspective. And he was like, well, if you're not satisfied, take a victory lap. Mm. Yeah, you're about to graduate, but that means you got all your credits, you got all that stuff in store. How about you take a victory lap, do a fifth year, Wow. Don't overburden yourself with courses and all these credits. Wow. Start a business doing what you want to do. Wow. And that was my second business that I started, DGT Presents, doing brand management and websites. And literally almost nine months later, I got a call from Microsoft saying, hey, we see what you're doing. We want to give you a job. I had no idea that's how you ended up at Microsoft. That's that's a concept right there for you. What what were you thinking when he said that to you? Did that make sense? I mean, it made perfect sense because to be honest with you, I didn't I didn't like what me graduating that made in four months. I didn't like what that looked like. Wow. And I knew I needed to do something different, and he opened my mind to what different meant. Right. And you know, he was at where I was <clears> looking to go, so. It was a way for me to see, number one, somebody who looked like me. Mm. And I think as a you know black male in a predominantly white college, that's one of the things I credit the business opportunity program with so much is giving me solid examples of folks 
who came before me that looked like me, that can challenge me in the right ways, uh, that means something to me. And I think that day, it, it really uh, touched me and it made me act in a way that I never acted before wow. it got me to where I'm at. Did, did it give you a little burn in your stomach? It definitely did. Because <laughs> there's... Uh, so passion leads to your, your purpose. This is what I believe. Your passion leads you to your purpose. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, finding that mentor and that drive. You know, you, your reason to do what you do is to help people. Is that, what, what is your purpose, Travis? Yeah, that's, I think you summed it up perfectly. My passion and my, my purpose here on this earth, I feel like everybody, uh, there's a book by Torrey Roberts. Uh, he's actually a pastor of One Church LA. And he has a book that talks about purpose. And the premise of his book is that there's an epic idea that every that sparked the birth of every last one of us. Mm. And it's when we find out what that epic idea is, that's when you find out your purpose. Wow. And for me, my purpose is to help someone. Mm. Um, one day there's gonna be a young man or a young woman sitting in our audience and they're gonna need to hear some type of word. And <laughs> I need to be Number one, I need to be visible enough. Yeah. So that means whether it's from a professional sense, whether it's from a, a career sense, whether that means my accolades, I need to be visible enough that uh, they can see me. And right. then two, I need to have enough credibility. Right. Me as a man, I have to be a credible man. I have to be an honorable man so that my brand isn't tarnished so they can actually hear. And I think at one day, I don't think I'm going to change the world. But I think I may spark a message in someone else that may change the world. And that's that's what my purpose is. Well, I think, so what I call that, I call that facilitating purpose. By you living your purpose and doing what you're called to do, what makes your fire burn, you make it easy for someone else to do the same thing. Because you just made me feel so comfortable in my crazy by letting me know that you feel a similar way about something that I do. You know, that you, you should feel some kind of way about like that. For your purpose, you should have a drive and you should have an understanding for things like that. Go, how do you know what pulls you? Because, so where a lot of people get stuck, you found your way, you had mentors to guide you. How did you know which direction was the one to pull you towards your purpose? I think it's a lot of times when it comes to the direction you should go, there's going to be signs, right? You have your close peer group, which for me, you know, I got two sisters, no brothers. So my cousins are my brothers. Okay. And those are like, the people I confide into the most and do the most stuff with. And then, you know, I have the people I work with too as well that, you know, are the other people I'm around the most. And what I've noticed so far is that when I'm given a message or when someone Mm. kind of speaks life into me, a lot of times that same thing is going to be confirmed by those who are closest to me. Yeah. And then not only that, I won't be able to let those ideas go. Yeah. Somebody says something to me and, and, you know, it comes into my spirit and the next thing you know, I forget it and it doesn't come back to me ever again. That wasn't for me. True. But if I can't let go of something, that's when I start to really, it starts, I have to chew on it. I have to really start to understand, is it for me? And then if I go to work and the next thing you know, one of my coworkers are, you know, speaking to me in that same channel, wow. uh, I need to go after them. So in, in that, in finding your passion and your purpose, the last step is that process. So just like an alcohol, what is it, Alcohol Anonymous, AA? Yes. 
the twelfth step is helping someone else get over their addiction. So how much how much of this process and learning is about reflection? Because you you talk about you know going and seeing the people around you and confiding in those. How often do you have to look yourself in the mirror to grow? To be honest, I think you got to look yourself in the mirror a lot. But the, the caution I want to give is that you can't get stuck in the mirror. Mm. So a lot of times I'm I'm all about action. Everybody yeah. who's ever tried to talk to me about an idea or a dream or a passion <laughs> they'll talk to me for about five ten minutes and i'm like what you gonna do about it yeah and the reason that is is because dreams are great dreams are awesome having goals are, are awesome but if you're not putting forth any work it's all it's only going to be an idea Oof. but you have to have times to where you can optimize and you can grow and you can perfect and that's where that self-reflection comes wow. into play. When you look yourself in the mirror and you have the opportunity <clears throat> to say, okay, I want to get, let's say, I want to go to A to C, but I got to do B first. If mm. I don't do B, I won't get to C. Well, if you keep looking at C and that's the only thing you're looking at and you never take time to self-reflect and recognize that you haven't even charted a path to B, wow. you'll never get to the goal that you're looking at. Yeah. And that's almost that goes to taking it one step at a time and one day at a time. That's a very valid point because I, I think reflection is so important. But that that's an even bigger piece is not to stay there. You know, you reflect so you can transition into that next phase. Exactly. So I think of it like the rearview mirror. If you're driving in your car, you can't go forward looking in your rearview mirror and wonder why you crashed. You're going to crash pretty quick because what's, what's behind you, that's still there. That still happened. But you can't get to where you want to go looking in your rearview mirror. So you got to switch your focus and go forward. In that, in helping others, it's about time. I'm starting to see it from myself. Are you starting to help other people now? Because when you gain that influence and you gain that trust from other people, they're going to start coming to you for your guidance. Are you a mentor for anybody? Yes, I have. Um, a couple informal mentorships, a couple formal ones. But to be honest with you, once you start on your path of progression, it's hard not to help folks mm. because someone helped you to get to where you're going to be. And that knowledge they gave to you, you have a responsibility to share that with others. And once you start enjoying um, what comes with that responsibility, you start reaching back. Um, you get this undeniable feeling of purpose and uh, it's hard to really describe it it just feels good yeah <laughs> the people that you help um, or that you speak to or that you mentor they go out in the world and take some of your advice and it does something positive it gets them through a tough moment and you hear about that, um, your heart just feels good. And then you want to do it over and over again. And for me, you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So when I started to feel that feeling, I'm like, I need to feel more of it. I started putting systems and processes in place about how I can help people and scale that thing. Yes, Travis. Yes, thank you for it. You just got us to the third step in the process that we've been going through now. That's it. That that process that you're talking about, that's the, the passion and the purpose. That's cute. You know, that that sounds real nice. I'm sure that you, you got what you need, but what's the process that you're going to do to impact these people? Because what it comes down to, everything, every business, every 
speech, everything comes down to solving the pain. And right. the pains that you... A cell phone, that's a huge pain. You know, without a cell phone, people literally are going crazy nowadays. So with with the message that you have to offer the world with helping somebody do that, like that's, I know what you're talking about with helping somebody, and that's like the best feeling that you can have and knowing that somebody trusts you and is confident enough in you to come out and say, hey, I want to I learn something from you or to think that highly of you. Definitely, one of the things that I've seen is, you know, at the end of the day, too much is given, much is required. And as you start to uh, gain the blessings of this world that, uh, you know, I'm a Christian, so I believe that God has things in store for me. I just need right. to align myself um, to be able to go after it. And as I'm aligning myself and I'm going after it and I'm starting to receive um, the aforementioned blessings, now I have a requirement to allow that to flow through me mm. and bless others. Mm. And as I start to bless other people, that's where my increase will continue to flow. Because then that goes back to honor uh, the God in which I serve. And it just starts this never-ending cycle right. of blessings and flow and just showing love to people at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, because it's, it, I feel like it's, it's missing. Uh, in this day and age where culture is changing um, so much that uh, there's a lot of confusion um, no matter sure. you know what topic you may you know fall into and I think at the end of the day if we approach people with love uh, we wouldn't be as confused as mm. anybody is so what is your you mentioned process earlier and I noticed the big thing with making con- um, the big thing with making connections and memory and coding is that making the abstract concrete, making the theoretical practical. How do you make your idea of love and spreading your message and purpose and faith? How do I do that in a concrete way? I know that's my pain, my purpose, my passion, and my process, but how do I make that my what, my why, and my how? I think the, the thing that, you know, I do personally is that I take what I'm good at. So I'm good at talking with folks. I have this kind of unique ability to, to talk at almost any level, uh, whether you, you know, are a young child or right, uh, right, a senior right. citizen, I'm able to connect with you. And then I'm, I'm a, I have a business mind. I'm very marketing focused, and I like to ideate and brainstorm. So in doing what I love, mm-hmm. um, I show love. And then that becomes easy for me. And as I look about, as I think about the processes that are in play, right. I have to do one. Number one, I have to do something first. Once I do something, mm. then I can look back and say, okay, what are the steps to do it? Now I have to document it, and now I have to make an effort to teach somebody else how to do that same thing. And that's where your process comes from. And as it relates to purpose, as it relates to faith, if I'm not an engineer and I can't code an app, I'm not going to be able to create processes and show, um, I guess you could say, God's love through this area of coding. Mm. But if I'm a speaker or if I'm a businessman, if I'm a marketer, I can easily do that by when I give, when I'm given platforms, when I'm given the opportunity, right. I can share the message that I have and use that to further um, the message of love. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, and you you documenting that process. I think that's that that's that crucial piece too. As you after you do it, because that action is so critical. Documenting that process. Now, when you're when you're documenting your process, do you do that while it's happening, or do you do it afterwards, or both? It's both. Because to be honest with you, it's it's recommended to do it as you're doing it. Um, but I, I just haven't got that discipline yet. Um, a lot of times I'll just be out and just doing stuff. And they'll be like, oh, that was pretty cool. I wish I would have wrote that down. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, next time I do it, I'm going to write it down. Right. So a lot of times now I have to use, like, I use a lot of screen reading technology, screen recording technologies. Yeah. Um, I think the, the one I'm using now is like screencast. So when I'm like doing stuff on the computer, uh, I got my screencast up and I'll record while I'm doing something. So now if I ever need to teach somebody how to, you know, like for real estate, if somebody needs to know how to do comps, they can just watch this 15 minute video right. of me doing comps and I'm Genius. talking through it and they, can, and they can now, they can do it. And what that allows me to do now that I got that 15 minute video of me doing comps, I never have to sit down for 30 minutes again and teach somebody how to do comps. Right. All they have to do is watch the video that I recorded that it took me 15 minutes and that frees me up to do some more purpose-driven thing. Yep, yep, and that's that's how you that's that's the scale that we're talking about. That's how you're able to take a piece of content or a piece of because it's. I'm starting to see now. I don't need to create anything new anymore. No, I've created right. so much already. But having those steps, and maybe I do need to keep creating. I think you all need to keep creating. But having those steps and how you created it and been able to deliver that is what's able to make the impact. When I was starting the podcast, that's a great example of documenting the steps. You know, in November, I didn't know how to start a podcast. I didn't know what a podcast was. I didn't know it was possible to have a podcast. But on February 3rd, the podcast launched, and it's still growing, it's still developing, it's still a baby. But it used to take me about 10 hours to do an episode because I didn't understand what the words meant to use Adobe Audition. I didn't understand how to make it sound good, what the presets, the effects rack and whatnot. But after a couple of weeks, and then finally when I decided to write down how to make this and do this and make right. it sound good, by the time I finish the interview today, I'll have it be, being able to sound good in less than 10 minutes because there's a five-step process I can do to get a general awesome. good sound quality to that that takes less than 10 minutes and that frees up you know as you said time for everything and so when and when you work in your passion when you do what you're called to do in your purpose it makes it much easier for those natural things to flow out easily and it makes it easier to to generate because the more people you help the more you receive in return yes <laughs> the hard part sometimes is that getting from that 10 hours to that 10 minutes so that's a frustrating time mm, for, me. for sure so to have the perseverance and to be passionate to get you through your couple podcasts that made it seem like you, you could never do podcasts <laughs> because it was just so complicated and it took too long and it didn't seem like it was a good business idea right but now <laughs> through all that initial learning and you're able to make these things sound good, look good in 10 minutes, and you can pop them out left and right yep. have good content. Yeah. And I think that's when you that's when you get in your groove and you understand that now your business can be viable. Yes. I I'm I'm I feel ready now. I feel like I'm 
I feel like it's a business now. I feel like the dash and the things that I'm doing now is a business, and I'm going to be able to, at some point, live off of the things that are created and designed my life. But I think that, you know, I call passion and purpose cute, and they mean nothing without that process. But those those things, the passion and purpose is what allows that perseverance, I guess, if you will, to achieve that process. Because you're right, it was, there's some days I stayed up till 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning to make sure I got a, a podcast out on time just because something went wrong. You know, I don't know what happened, but I missed the step. I lost the file. It, I, I, I changed the volume too bad, and it just isn't good quality, so I got to go in and change that or fix that or whatever, and I'm staying late to get it figured out, but I'm passionate about it, and it's, it's, a, it's a purposeful thing, so I'm willing to go through that process to find out what will make it work. In, in finding that process and, and whatnot, I talked to Dre a couple weeks ago. He was on episode four and five about preparing your child for education and he's kind of got me hip to the idea that so many people just don't have the opportunity in the first place. So, like, I didn't pick who my parents are. I didn't pick how blessed I get to be. I didn't pick some of the things that I have. So when it comes to those things, how do we get this passion, purpose, and process to folks without those opportunities and the importance of educating our children in the household? Yeah, I think education is really important. My view on education, though, is might be a little different than most. Mm. Because I think in this day and age, you know, the American dream now is a little bit different than it was back in the day. Back in the day, you know, you graduated high school, uh, you got a good job, you got a house, family, and, and you went on. Nowadays, you know, the idea of the American dream is go to high school, go to college, get a job. So that college piece is kind of inserted. And that's the road I took. But one of the things I'm starting to see more and more, especially as I get involved in real estate, mm-hmm. education isn't necessarily just college. Education can be a course that you take, a training on how to do real estate with little to no money down, right. which most people seem as that's a scam. Uh, but to be honest, it's vocational real estate business. Yeah. That's what I do. I do real estate with little to no money down. And I'm approaching six figures this year. Wow. So understanding that education doesn't have to be traditional. Mm. Um, Education can come from those mentor sources. It can come from books. It can come from things you buy online. But the key thing, kind of going back to what I said before, every time I go to these real estate seminars, there's hundreds of folks in the room. But there's only about three or four that's going to take that information Mm. and act on it. Yep. And those people who take that information and act on it are the ones who are actually going to be successful. There's so many rooms I walk in, especially on the real estate side of things, and I'm like, oh, how long have you been in real estate? I'm like, oh, I've been there for four years. How many deals have you done? None. <laughs> what? Like, you've been doing this for four years. You don't spend all this money on education, and you haven't found out that you need to do something. Wow. And the thing is, for me, that's what got me into real estate. I was listening to podcast after podcast for about six months. I finally shelled out $5,000 to a mentor. Now, interestingly enough, when I got done with that mentor's boot camp, she taught me everything I already learned six mm. months ago from those podcasts, but I wasn't confident in it. Right. But now that I had her, that reaffirmed me, kind of like we were talking about before, and I spent $5,000, I need my money back. 
And I'm not going to get my money back from her. I'm going to get my money back from acting and putting right. the ideas that I self-taught wow. and that she affirmed to practice. Wow. And once I did that, boom, wow. everything started happening for me. And I think that's what people miss from education. College don't matter if you don't take the things in college yep. to learn and apply. Yep. Just like reading a blog on how to make money quick. It don't matter if you get all the quick tips. If you don't apply one quick tip to your life, yep. it doesn't matter. It's who you have to become to get it. I think that's a hard piece to get. Your degree doesn't make you. Your degree doesn't get you a job. You know, and even you know, from that standpoint, your courses don't get you nothing either. The, all the money you right. spend, it doesn't get you anything. You are where you are because it's where you want to be. And when you decide to act on that knowledge that you have, like the things start to change. Too, too often, especially the millennials, us, we look at the end result of all these different folks that are doing quote unquote better than us and we don't understand the grind it took to get there. And although we want the end result, uh, when we see that grind, we don't want it for some reason. But that's mm. the only path in which you could take to get what they got. Man, the grind, the grind, the grind, the work that it takes to get to where you want to go. But remember, it doesn't start off just successful and just grind. That grind isn't very pretty at first. As Travis said, failing is what got him started. The first business that he created did not work. You look at any professional sports athlete, any percentage for the most part, when you look at folks, if it was your grade, if it was your odds, you probably wouldn't like them. Barack Obama had a 52% approval rating. Michael Jordan shot 50% from the field. He missed every other shot. But it's failing that gets you rolling, that builds that momentum. So try to fail often, fail frequently, and keep on grinding because it will grind into something beautiful. And all the pieces that don't belong fall off along the way. I hope you enjoyed this episode and you're able to take something away. We're shifting the content to have more tangible takeaways, more things that I can use, more things that you can use, more value to add to the world. Comment below and tell me something that you take away from this episode and let us know what we can do to be better. As always, come back next week for new, live, exciting, entertaining content. This is The Dash.